I'm just going to find out if he's logged in because, uh, yes, he is. Okay. He's there and he's ready. Okay. Should we give him a bell? Or do you want... We've got a donation check-in after this, so we can... Oh, okay. You were looking at me as if to say we should probably do that, but it's fine. Okay. Um, let's... Someone's uh, just messaged. They have, haven't they? Is it somebody good? Let's have a look. <laughs> it was Joe. Oh, I'll read that later when I'm not feeling emotional. Because uh, I'm already feeling a bit emotional. Hey, let's call Luke. <laughs> what a handsome profile picture. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, this doesn't bode well. I can't hear anything. Yeah. Oh, no. The centre adds Skype credit. I'm not... What? Is it trying to make me phone a telephone number? Is that what's happening? Because that's not what should be happening. Huh. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. It can't be... Well, it, it's it's definitely not that we need money, uh, like Skype credit, because it's when you click the callie button, usually it comes up as an option to either call them via Skype or via a phone number. Oh, it says user not online, even though it says there that he's online and there's a big <laughs> green tick. So <laughs> I, I don't know what to make of that. Try sending me a message. This is good audio, this. Tapper, tapper, tapper. Cracking audio. I need another Wii. Good lord. Oh, he is there. Oh, yeah, he is there. Hmm. He's typing now. Tapper, tapper, tapper. Right. <laughs> I can give you an update. Well, yes. Yeah, go on. Yeah, no. Good at filling. Um, so at the moment, we're at 53%. So we have £530 in the kitty. Nice. Come on, guys. Excellent. Nice. Get on the site. Just giving... Hello? Hello? Hello. Hello, Hello, everyone. Voices. (laughs) 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 So that worked. I don't know what's happening. So from our end, it said you weren't online. And I was like, that's not true. There's a little green tick by him. So that doesn't make any sense. I'm online. <laughs> can you confirm that you can hear I can us? Hear you both very, very well in crystal clarity. Excellent. Um, can I can I ask you a question about yeah. football? Um, just Are we briefly. Are we on now? How's it going today? Because I've missed all of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have my phone on because of. Um, so basically, how is any and all football going today? Because I don't. I've, I forgot to set my fantasy lineup this morning because I was too nervous about today, and also my phone's off because I'm scared of all the notifications. So I just don't know what's happening in the world. Who do you specifically want to know about? Well, basically anyone good. Okay, is that where you is that where you got me on (laughs) the football results service? Is that where you scheduled me in for this time? <laughs> yeah, essentially, we just want you to be that guy who reads out the uh, the, the. No, that's not I'm true. Just, I'm just sitting here oblivious to this whole conversation. Barry hates football. Don't I, don't you? Hate, I don't hate. No, football. he does. That's okay. That's a right, to, he hates me right now. I hate it a lot of the time. I, I don't. To to, to yeah. To, to preface it, Luke, I've got all my older brothers when I was kid. They all love football, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't really. I always tried to sort of get into football with them. But because they knew all the stats and figures and stuff, I just I couldn't get into it with them. 
So I ended up just getting more and more distance away from it until, the, until I realised that I was like 30. Yeah. This and I was never going like to a, um, a superhero movie, Marvel Hero Backstory. <laughs> he just drifted <laughs> away yeah, until one day he became a vigilante. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be fair, I should quantify that I'm not. I'm a Villa fan, so that's not. Oh, okay. I can't really judge anybody for their football okay. likingness. Fair enough. I think, I think <laughs> like, Villa might have drawn today. Oh, yeah, they, drew, they drew one whole Okay, well, oh, that's acceptable ish. Oh, there we go. Oh, that's not bad, yeah. actually. But That's everyone listening to this will already know. Barry doesn't probably know. Already seen it. You're, you're out of the loop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it is just me that's in the dark. Um, I'll have to check my... But next time I go for a whiz, I'm going to have to check the uh, football line-up and see how terribly I did yeah. on my fantasy team. Probably right. badly if I did. I I'm real bad at it. But that might not be possible. <laughs> well, the last time I checked, I was 1,900 and something in the Football oh, Ramble well League. I don't know how many so teams are in that. Not, I'm not doing great. I haven't got a clue, actually. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Is there loads? But I think... Uh, let me just check. I'll check now. I'm 44th in that. That's genuinely impressive. <laughs> it's sort of partly my league, isn't it? So I should, uh, otherwise, it would be a bit embarrassing if I was doing really badly, I suppose. <laughs> to be fair, I've got my own league on there as well for uh, for podcast listeners who are yeah. into football. And I'm doing shockingly bad in that. I'm something like... Like maybe I think I'm ninth there, oh, really? twelfth, um, no. which isn't good. Yeah, how's the show been going anyway? How's, how's everything been going? It's bad. Uh, we had a bit of a technical snafu earlier, <laughs> quite quite a large one for quite a long time. But I think we powered okay. through it. How long have I think we're doing for? okay, aren't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, we've just, we're at eight hours and five minutes currently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, that's good. That's quite long. <sighs> what, are we, what are we doing? Yeah. It is quite long. I need to stand up soon because my buns are falling asleep oh on this chair. Great. It's not, got, we've only it's got, not comfortable. what, 16 hours to go. <laughs> Shut 16 up, hours. <laughs> so, That's crazy. Yeah. Flying. <laughs> Flying. <laughs> what are we doing in our lives? Hey, so uh, welcome to the show. Right. Would you like to introduce yourself for the lovely listeners out there as to who you are and, and what it is that yes. you do? I'm, my name is Luke Moore. I am a co-host of the Football Ramble podcast and the Luke and Pete show. I also co-host On the Continent, which is a European football show, and I produce some other podcasts as well, including um, Berkhamstead Revisited and one or two others. Cool. Um, I have to say, I listened to uh, Luke and Pete show this week. Mm -hmm. Blinding stuff. Well did you like it? Yeah, I did. Oh, good. I um, told you you would. I, I've got. I, I have to say that the, uh, the the giant the giant moth story. No, I'm not having it. Um, yeah. I, I, I would be. I I was right there with the girlfriend. Not the girlfriend. No, I wasn't. No, I was, you'd be there in the tent. I, I was with right the there with the bloke man. in the tent who had left yeah. his girlfriend outside yeah. to deal with the moth. So for those who haven't heard that, yeah, yeah. the story I have... was that um, a man was terrified of moths and was camping in Australia, and these giant moths sort of came down and terrorised him, so he sent his girlfriend out with a tennis racket to fight them. To which we, we said... Um, tennis racket? I don't know if I agree with that. I think it's probably a bit cruel. Um, but then Pete and I um, sort of um, agreed to, to disagree and then compromised on 
the idea that if a moth was invading your territory, <laughs> i.e. if it was in your closet or your pocket, yes. then it was fair enough to take it on, but you shouldn't be going into its own environment to uh, to fight it. It's essentially me poking Pete with a stick and him just saying what he thinks about things, which generally is quite entertaining. <laughs> Genuinely, even though on Geek Syndicate we talk about geek stuff, mm-hmm. it, it reminded me of of what we do because effectively it is me poking Dave with a stick, yeah, and not caring if people laugh or not, just me poking Dave with a stick. Really, <laughs> I um the the thing I like about like here's the thing, Luke and Pete show is great because I am terrible at experiencing the world around me. I don't use the internet as a normal person should. Because I'm scared of finding out depressing news or sad statistics that make me want yeah. to do a cry. So I like to get little nuggets of fun information delivered to me from people who are cool. And uh, without me having to be also like wading through stories of like death and sad. Although there are some of those on Luke and Peach as well. Yeah, I wouldn't tell what we say on Facebook. <laughs> I, did, uh, I did try and have a look. It's the, 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 the Luke and Peach show in, in the list of all those um, types of podcasts where oh, listen to this podcast because you might learn something new. And there's loads of those around. I'm sure they're all great. But our unique selling point is that we don't really know anything about anything uh, to the point of where we don't even know the stuff <laughs> is true or not. Uh, but we don't really worry about it. So <laughs> one of the unintended consequences of our show mm-hmm. is that there are probably loads of people out there telling other people stories and facts, uh, none of which are true. So, and, and it's going to get bad when completely it's like, you know, some sort of thing that Pete's going to say where it's like, Oh, in Spain, actually, pedestrians have right of way on the road over cars, and it's not going to go questioned. People are going to go on holiday in Spain and get hit by a car, and we're going to be in trouble for it. That's basically what's going to happen at some point. So enjoy it while you can. That's what I say. So, so basically, what you're saying is your podcast is the genesis of fake news. Yeah, but it's, but it's unintended. Look, we're not doing it to try that. and get any sort of nefarious game. On the <laughs> it's just we are genuinely ignorant of most stuff. The only thing we can speak on authority on is our own childhoods, and even that isn't really that accurate because you can never remember properly. So, if you like listening to to shows where you know you might learn something new, but that might not be true, then yeah, I would recommend that show. <laughs> I've got a sense that you guys have been. I could be wrong. I've got a sense you guys have been friends for quite a while. That Colleagues, I would say. <laughs> So yes, yeah, we've yeah, been friends yeah. for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think, when were we last? Um, probably been friends for twelve or thirteen years, I'd say. Something like that. So okay. quite a while, yeah. How did you? How did you meet? Um, he used to work at the same company as me, and I was doing the football ramble. We needed an extra presenter, um, so I, just, I got him in because he was actually a radio professional at the time. None of us were. Right. A nice fit. It um it always strikes me as quite interesting that he's the the radio professional, which I realise is not a very nice thing for me to say. No, you should say it. <laughs> I do love Pete, I really do. Taking <laughs> <laughs> like a couple of weeks off, so he's not back to. I know. Day, how so. dare he have a holiday? Has he? Yeah. What he a definitely, yeah, definitely. Oh, what an absolute. Well, all the time. That's what I do. <laughs> You'll be, get, you'll be getting a stern email from me, I tell you. 
Once this is done and I've slept for two days, you'll be getting a stay. Yeah, yeah I was going to say next week when we've both recovered. Yeah, Please do. Please do. His postal address. What the? <laughs> Just get what the fuck? US. Get your priorities straight, lad. Yeah, That's what I did Come say. On, I did man. plead to him on behalf of Brit- the British Heart Foundation, but he said, "Nope, I'm going anywhere." <laughs> <laughs> he said, "I hate hearts." That wasn't exactly what he said. What he probably said was, "F you, F the British hearts. Heart Foundation." I'm going yeah, to exactly. That's probably right. Oh, now I. <laughs> this now feels really mean. <laughs> it's not. It's not me. It's not I'm me. If it's true. for charity, at least it's for charity. <laughs> exactly. We're raising money whilst, whilst taking a yeah. mick out of someone. Is there no nobler profession? Well, who's been your favourite guest? I mean, probably the there is. Probably, yeah. Today. <laughs> You're so mean. <laughs> yes, yeah, Stace. Well, we've had quite a lot of people, but I will say, and this is not their fault, the first few were a little bit marred by the technical issues in that I couldn't really get into my groove because of the lag and everything was a little bit... I was up in my own head about everything just going terribly wrong and I thought I might have a little breakdown. It's a good job um, I was here. So it is a really good job you were here because I might have actually had a breakdown. <laughs> okay. Um, but we just spoke to Joe Kelly, who is like the king of writing nearly everything that you've ever seen or read that you've enjoyed. <laughs> um, so that was good. He was really good. great. Um but I, d- like, I feel bad now just picking picking favourites. You're so mean. Yeah. Let's say you. Luke's my favourite. Yeah, Luke's our favourite. <laughs> That's yeah. what I should have said to start with. That. with. That's what I was going to go with. Jesus. It's all right. <laughs> You'd be right and not believe it. Meow. Where's this salt coming from? How many whiskeys have you had? <laughs> Luke, it's like, it, it's like it in my mind, mate. <laughs> oh, no. I'm kidding. I feel like this is going. <laughs> God, how much more time have we got? This guy. Oh, jeez. It's all right. We've only got about twelve. No one Terry Wogan used to say. Terry Wogan used to always say, "I've only got one listener." He would always sort of pretend that he was just talking to one person, and that's what made him such a good presenter. Oh, there you go, that's see. interesting and a bit weird. <laughs> see, but in my case, we probably only have one listener. So. Well, we know at least social media Mike is listening, so there's we know, at least we know one. that at least at some stage today we we had <laughs> we had over nine listeners. We did. So who's laughing in the background? We've got more people in the room than you have listening. What going... sounds of it? Really well. <laughs> the, the guy laughing in the background is uh, social media Mike, who is the king of my oh. Twitter today, um, because I can't cope with talking to people and using the internet. Apparently, no. <laughs> I am the absolute worst at this. But oh well. So um, going back to your podcast, Luke. So um, so obviously you get in like listener yes. questions, don't you? Um, so what's the weirdest? So obviously, I've only I've only listened to one of your shows so far. So what's the weirdest question you've had so Go far? Go back and listen to him, Barry, and you're going to find out for yourself. What have I got? What have I got Gauntlet thrown. I'm only joking. Because um, I because that's I how I roll. Is I'm a late <laughs> We had an email last week from a guy who's a is a drug detective in Baltimore. Wow. Which is really interesting. And basically, we spent the whole time. Just turn him to email him with more interesting stuff. 
because he sent an email like <laughs> talking about um, sort of legal affairs as part of the American justice system, and he and he justified it by saying, "Oh yeah, this is my job." And I was like, "Well, if that's your job, get, tell us some stories because it sounds amazing. Is it just like The Wire and all the rest of it?" And uh, so hopefully he's going to get back in touch. We get, loads, <laughs> we, get, we get like loads of weird and wonderful stuff, most of which we can't actually use because it's like libelous or distasteful. And by the way, Pete always wants to use all of it, and we have to have a ding dong about what we can. <laughs> I was just, I was just about to say, I'm pretty sure you guys have included a story about a person what had sex with a hole where a person had an NG, uh, a peg yeah. tube once. So I feel like the things that aren't going into the show could be really <laughs> interesting. <laughs> what what doesn't make it in? And and then we weren't really stopping, <laughs> and so people just do it, and then yeah, yeah we'll blame, blame Pete for all the mad stuff because he's basically he's basically <laughs> in charge of all that kind of thing. He does the emails and sends them to me, so I don't actually. So I see them come in, but I don't, right. I don't compile them. I tell you what was a brilliant, the one, probably my favourite email was um, the this guy knew he was about I don't know like thirteen or fourteen. And he knew that his mum liked um, massages, like going to a spa and stuff. So for Mother's Day, he went to the local spa or massage place to buy his mum a voucher for Mother's Day. And um, obviously, he didn't know this, but it was like one of those happy ended massage places. Because it was a less than salubrious. Uh, <laughs> and so he just basically got like thirty pounds, put it in an envelope with a flyer with a woman's name on it from this place, and gave it to his mum for Mother's Day. She's like, "What is this?" So sometimes we get some good stuff like that. <laughs> oh, that's quality. <laughs> Obviously not for the mum, but that is quality. <laughs> well, I mean, she probably had a really she, good time. She said, <laughs> "I, I, I don't even know." Nicole's massage parlor in Grimsby, and she said. Um, and, the like, oh, oh, I thought last year when you bought me a deep fat fry, that was going to be the worst present you'd ever get me for Mother's Day. And he was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he's raised the bar now, though, hasn't he? From... <laughs> <laughs> Families are great for uh, ridiculous stories of absolute nonsense times, though. It's like one of the one of my favourite like little segments that you guys have had with the uh, embarrassing family oh, yeah. dinner stories. And they usually like devolve into like somebody calling their aunt a cunt yeah. or something terrible. That's right. Like during a family dinner. Um but <laughs> like because I've got what one of my favourite family dinner stories was um back when when my sister first started having her epileptic fits but we didn't know what they were at the time yeah and so, this sounds like it's going to be a terrible story but trust me it's really funny um <laughs> she used to she used to black out so she didn't sort of like seize or or anything it was literally just like her whole body just went off and then it would come back on a few moments later and she blacked out face first into a sunday dinner mm. And of course, we all found this hilarious as it was. Nobody thought to like move her face just to check she could breathe and wasn't drowning in gravy. But when she when she finally came around, she had a carrot, piece of carrot, just a disc of carrot stuck to her forehead. <laughs> and of course, my granddad found that so funny that when he started laughing, Petit Pois started falling out of the gap between his two bottoms. Oh my god. <laughs> It was just like this whole chain of ludicrous dinner events. <laughs> just, it got to a point where I was laughing so hard that I was just like dribbling everywhere. That, and... that literally sounds like a scene <laughs> yeah. from a sitcom. It was so stupid. 
It was fantastic, though. Like, I was like, well done, Zoe. You've ruined this entire dinner in the absolute best so, way. Was you, did you say your sister wasn't diagnosed at the time? No, so we didn't know what was happening for, I think it took about eight years for her to get diagnosed because she's got a really weird kind that kind right. of hides on scans. You can't really find it. Um, but she's fine now. She was on meds for ages and she hasn't had a blackout for about 10 years, I don't think. Okay. But um, there used to be some... One of the things I found when she was blacked out is that if you if you scratched her slightly with your, with your nails, it would itch when she woke up. What? And I used to find that really funny. Did you just do yeah. stuff to it? Did you, like, poke over a stick or I something? I mean, sometimes like we used to, like, like draw on her face and... <laughs> 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 we we actually are yeah, not far off with uh, push yeah. toys, but my my cousin Daniel as well, who at the time was very very young, just if she fell down completely onto the floor because she'd always go face first, would just sit on her. Yeah. <laughs> one of one of my uh, one of the things that happens in my family that is quite funny so is that if anyone throws anything to someone else, so for example, if you're watching TV and someone wants to turn it over, so they say, "I'll oh, chuck us the remote or whatever," someone when it when it's thrown, yeah. someone in the family would always say. Watch that jigsaw, right? Um, or mind that jigsaw. Because about 20 years ago, literally 20 years ago, my granddad had spent like about three weeks on a massive jigsaw and he had this big wooden board made up and he put it across the arms of the chair and every night he would sit in there and do this <laughs> jigsaw. And he got right near to finishing it. And my uncle um, threw a cushion at my mum and she deflected it and it hit the jigsaw and knocked it all over the floor. And my granddad, who was a very placid, <laughs> lovely man, uh, was like absolutely gutted. And he got really upset about it to the point where it was really funny. Uh, and so now, um, every time someone throws something, even if there's no jigsaw around, someone always says, mind that jigsaw. And uh, my granddad will always look over the paper and be like, yeah. He's still angry about it like 20 years later. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. I think I would be. I used to have a, like a list of things I was going to do before I was 30, which didn't happen because I'm now 32 and the list is still mostly incomplete. But one of them was to complete like a thousand piece jigsaw because I've never had the patience yeah. to do that. Right. I'm like an absolute fucking idiot, I bought a Doctor Who jigsaw that was mostly space, yeah, which is really stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you've got like a TARDIS in the middle and it's just sky, the rest of it. Oh, oh yeah, I could, yeah. I an see absolute mistake, an absolute mistake, and I hated myself for it. But I think if somebody had have knocked that into pieces, even at the early stages of it, I might have murdered them. You get, yeah, you, <laughs> see, yeah. my, well, I've got, um, I've got too many, I think when you've got a lot of older brothers, you just naturally have a lot of stories where you've done stupid things. <laughs> And um, which end up with visits to casualty. Yeah, and um, I do remember my oldest, yeah, my oldest brother, he had this thing of like using the toilet but not sh- shutting the door behind him and, and locking <laughs> the door. I, I don't know why, I don't know why he did it. And so he'd sort of shut the door a little bit. So we always thought it was funny to sort of go up to the door and kick the door open and then run off laughing because he couldn't get up to chase us because he's <laughs> on the toilet. Normally with a newspaper or whatever, so we did and run off. And it was always me, my my brother Danny, never Norm because Norm was a goody two shoes. So it was always either me or him would do it. And then we were doing this one day, and then Norm, bless him, had just actually come up to use the toilet, just really innocently. So he went to open the door. Dave was like, "I'm not having it this time," and he kicked the door as hard as he could. The door smashed into Norman's face. And knocked half oh of his God. front tooth out. Oh my God. 
So we we had to go to casualty. They couldn't replace. <laughs> it took them ages to replace the tooth. So for ages, he just had <laughs> half a tooth. How old were you? Guys? Um, and then they put a cap on. Uh, probably what? early teens. Um, although because my oldest brother was ten years, my oldest brother was ten years older than me, so he would have been sort of twenties. Um, and uh, they put a cap over sort of Norm's tooth. But back then, it wasn't, you know, dentists weren't as high-tech as they are now. So the cap kept falling out. If you slapped him too hard or pushed him too hard, the cap on his tooth would fall out. Can you say that like you're just constantly wailing on him? <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair... <laughs> That's what all about. I would say, as the youngest in the house, it wasn't me. Yeah. Oh, do you know what I was going to say? Oh, yeah. Why didn't he ever just lock the door? I was going to say really yeah. quickly, because I know that um, at least one of you is into sort of um, Marvel culture and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, so I watched mm-hmm. uh, Avengers Infinity War yesterday. Oh, how did you know? Don't spoil it. Have you guys watched it or have you talked about it on your show yet? We've, we've both watched it. We've we've very minimally talked. We've done really well actually to get eight and a half hours into a we podcast really, without really talking about, about it. it because <laughs> I think it's really difficult to talk any plot about it without spoiling, spoiling it. something. Yeah, um, I enjoyed it anyway. I thought it was good. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, oh, I enjoyed it. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. far, I only know one person who didn't enjoy it, and that's our social media, Mike, who I've been judging yeah. all day for. I think, it, so. I think, I think, I do feel like it was. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think this is a spoiler. So you just, just, just um, allow, allow it. I think a lot, a lot of um, Marvel movies can be just a load of big fight scenes stitched together. Right? Is that fair, or is that like, a, is that me being a hater? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, I, no, I think I think that's certainly of some of the later ones. I think that's and, fair. Um, and I thought this was this sort of made because my wife's massively into it, and so we always go and watch every single one at the cinema. And sometimes I find myself getting a little bit bored. I don't dislike it or anything, but I'm, yeah, I'm sort of I'll take it or leave it. I'm happy to watch it, but some of the films I'll be left a little bit bored. And the last two I've yeah. watched have been Blank Pan- uh, Black Panther and Infinity War, and I thought they've both been really, really good. Like the pace of them has been really right. Two yeah, very good I'll ones. Say so. Because it's not, it's not like it's pretty, it's pretty good for them to be able to. Because um, Infinity War is like two and a half hours long. It's pretty good for them to be able to sort of maintain the yeah. pace and the tempo for, for that amount of time. Because especially these days, people's attention spans now are terrible. Um, so I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I I think these days, nine times out of ten, when I go and see a film, and it is literally nine times out of ten, um, I come out of there, and even if it's a film I've liked. I've gone, you could have shaved 20 yeah, minutes definitely. That. I thought yeah. definitely. Minutes mm. that. And I thought you could have shaved 50 minutes of that. And, you know. Me and my hubby watched a film recently called um, Happy Anniversary, which isn't like, it's not a geeky movie. It's just a little, like, fun romantic comedy. Um, but we both really liked it because it was a cool 89 yeah. minutes long. I like that. When, I, when I go to the <laughs> yes. cinema, I always check the runtime of the film on my phone. And um, if it comes up just <laughs> yeah. 90 minutes, I'm like, brilliant. That's exactly what I want. Yeah, and I think as well, I'm more forgiving of films. There's films that I've watched, even films I've watched at home, where it's been ninety minutes, and I've gone, I've really enjoyed that, and it's probably not that good a film. Yeah, but because it's ninety minutes, it's kind of like you don't it's feel just like you've wasted your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. when am I going to get these three hours back? Do you guys yeah. see a TV yeah. series called? Um, I think the good thing about. Um... No. No, but I've heard of it. Is this? Is it a? I want to say, is no, it a, a Sky Italia movie, sort of prison, uh, sorry, a TV one. series about the yeah. um, 
Neapolitan Mafia, the Camorra. Yeah, it's just finished, I just finished watching season three. It's really good. I'd recommend it. Is it a is it, it is, subtitled it is. or? It takes ages to watch because yeah. you can't do anything else while you're watching it. You can't even eat your dinner while you're watching it. It takes ages to get through it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. I'd recommend. It. Uh, yeah, I was. So, what else? What else do you watch? Just, actually, we've just downloaded a couple of episodes stuff. of that new series called The Terror. Ah, oh. uh, yeah, I've heard. Yeah, this is this is the one. It's like a. It's, it's like a, ye oldie boats. It's a boat thing, isn't it? And they're trying yeah. to get through a. I can't think of the name of the passage. It's like an old Arctic um, explorer type thing. Frozen isn't it? nightmare. That's what it is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I've heard. I've, it's like a horror thing. Isn't it? I've That's heard great, really good I, things. We, about just, it. we just saw the trailer yeah. and liked it. Well, I hope you watch it. Reviews or anything? Have you seen it, Barry? I haven't. No, I've, I'm like you. I've, I've watched the trailer for it, and actually, when I heard about it, I thought, nah, I don't know. And then I watched the trailer for, and then I watched a kind of making of type thing, and some of the actors in there I recognise, and, and they're, they're always quality actors. Yeah. You get what I mean. Yeah. And, and I, I quite like the look of it, but I know some people who have seen it because they mm. went to some um, some sort oh. of pre-screenings out in the States and they, they said it was really good. Here's the thing, right? My hubby watches it and uh, and I caught the first episode. Here's something that's going to make me sound so stupid. I couldn't care less about anything that was happening on the ships, but the horror stuff is great. Right. <laughs> so I was like, like for two thirds of it, I was like, I don't care. And then the other third, I was like, whoa! Awesome. <laughs> it's, it's like actually really well. awesome. Mm. Yes, yeah, it is. Cool. Yeah, so I'll let, I'll let yeah. you guys know what I think. But I'm probably going to start watching it tonight. That's what Saturday nights are cool. for me. Cool, Just watching TV. So, yeah. <laughs> what else? Give, give me names. Um, <laughs> Calm down. I know. I'm always. I love. I love um, getting into. I can't, I can't think of much else that I've watched more recently. Um, I watched quite a lot of documentaries. It's fascinating. I'll tell you what's a brilliant documentary series. Oh, okay. Is that Ken Burns series, The Vietnam War? Ten part, or have you seen that? Yeah, there's a there was a podcast that I was listening to. Is there a film review podcast? But one of the guys on that was talking about it. And he said it's the really most comprehensive, really well done um, yeah, like, he, documentary series I've ever seen. I was talking to Pete about it and he was like, Yeah, I don't know how you got through it. It's really it's really like drudgy and really t- hard work hard going. But it just sort of is, but I mean it's not going to be a musical, is it? It's about the Vietnam War. It's got to, you've got to... <laughs> it's what it actually means. Yeah. There's, there's a documentary, I think it's on Netflix, that I keep wanting to watch because we watched one of these before and it was um, it's a documentary on the Scientology. Mm. Oh. Um, and we'd watched one before. It was, re- it was really interesting because the reporter guy, it got to the stage and... I think that one was, uh, I want to say it might have been a panorama one, the one that we watched before. And um, it was like you watching, by the end of it, it was like you watching the thriller because there were bits where he was kind of driving around the reporter guy. And he's quite a well-known sort of reporter. I, even, I, I recognise yeah, him. I don't watch these Sweet, stuff a lot. And he was being followed. Yes, yes, yeah. And he was being followed by him um, with his camera crew and stuff. And there's a bit where he kind of pulls over and then they sort of, Pull over with him and he gets out. He's like, "Why are you following me?" and stuff like that. And they start asking questions. And it's proper, proper sinister stuff. Yeah, you know? the one as well, um, yeah and there's a, yeah, yeah, um, and they, I think they started to put out stuff about him and, and all sorts. And um, yeah, there's a 
there's a documentary on Netflix. I think that might be a couple of parts, that one. And oh, is that quite called Breaking that. Free or something like that? Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, that stuff? Yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, it was because when I was... Because I write, I'm also a writer as well. And in the first book I wrote, because even though it's like a kind of action story, the, the big bad in it was a cult. So I did research yeah. on cults. Um, so I remember reading this book about all the different cults there were in the world and stuff like that. And I remember reading up on the, um, it's the Tokyo cult, but I can't remember their name, but they're the ones that did the the sort of Tokyo sure, okay. subway sort of yeah. gas attack way back in the, yeah. the day and stuff. So I've had a Sharon, bit of a fascination with attack, yeah. cults and stuff. Aren't they called yes, Hound yeah, Shinrikyo or something like that? Sorry. I can't, I, I can't remember the name of that. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember the name of the book now. <laughs> 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 you could be really weird, Stace. Just because, uh, no, it's not It's not a weird look. It's just because I think I find things like that interesting. But I like, I'm a div and I don't seek out, I don't. I don't know what is wrong with me. I am really bad at like watching new things or finding out new stuff unless somebody specifically feeds it to me. It's really weird. Like I very rarely watch new TV shows unless Richie's going to watch one and he's like, "Hey, have you got any interest in this?" I'm like, "I don't know. I don't know what it is." Slap it on, see how it goes. Hey, how come you guys aren't? Um, how, how come you guys? I should be more involved in the video, world. Around video, video doing this. Oh, because um, that's too much pressure. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I have a, I have a face for radio, and also like I don't want the whole world to just see me sitting uncomfortably on, just getting increasingly more uncomfortable on this wooden chair through it. Yeah, right. And what are you? What have your plan? You, is it both of you presenting it the whole way through? That's the plan. That's the plan. Because I'm now drinking whiskey. We're we'll going to do it like we'll three in the morning when you're you're really flagging. What are your tactics? Well, we have got quite a lot of coffee and sweets and monster available. Um, but as I, as I mentioned in the uh, in our chat with um, Joe Kelly, I've actually got a heart condition that gets exacerbated by um, oh, caffeine. Right. And so, so I've got to be really careful to ride the line of like being awake enough, but also not, you know, setting off a bout of palpitations. Yes. Yeah. Because that'll stress Barry out. He doesn't look like he's comfortable. So with you me. Just kind of <laughs> and, and I think, and also as well, we, yeah. But I mean, we, we've done this. Is, this is a, this is the second time I've done this with Stace. Um and the first time we did it, it got to sort of I don't know. We didn't have a coffee till five in the morning. Yeah, it got which to about, actually impressive. It got to about one o'clock, and you, you just kind of in your own little zone, really. Mm. I think the fact that I was drunk by then probably helped. You started um, drinking earlier this I time too, yeah, so that, that might, I don't know if that's going to be a good or a bad thing. No. See, that's what I said. See, I, I know, but I'm drinking whiskey, so whiskey tends to keep me on quite a nice... If I drunk wine or something like that, no Doesn't chance. it make you all warm and fuzzy and cosy and sleepy? No. That's what whiskey does for me. No, it doesn't. Uh, oh. So you're going to press right. on with whiskey all the way through? Panicking now. You're looking at me now, and I'm worried now. You're going to press on. Sorry. Drinking what scotch all the way through? <laughs> Maybe not all the way through. I might take a break. I've got I've got a glass of coke next to me, so I might sort of. Hasn't that got whiskey in it? 
No, I finished. Oh, that okay. One. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have had uh, we have yeah. had the discussion about at what point on Sunday morning to stop drinking because I feel like it's not acceptable to be down in neat amaretto at like seven a.m. Oh, on, a, on a Sunday. But you've not been back you know, home. Fine. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> see how it goes. Yeah, and and I think if someone if someone said I'll pledge like a hundred quid if you down a whiskey at seven a.m., then I'm going to do that because you know nobody's going to pledge to do that. But if they did, I would do it too. Yeah, but they they might now put it out there. I'll be the only one hosting. That's the background. Social media Mike does not want us to get pissed. It's social media Mike. He's called Mike. Um. <laughs> it's because he, he, he is the mic. No, it is it is because he's uh he's social mediaing, so he's listening to us, but he's You're not joining in. He's hours. experiencing the Mixler lag. There's like a minute's delay. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. he. I mean, he did that last time with us as well, but he did um drink an entire bottle of prosecco and then get quite sick and then fall asleep. Yes. Last time. Yeah. <laughs> so we're hoping he doesn't do oh, that okay. again. <laughs> Happy day. There's no prosecco in the house this time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's the. uh, I think it's like the last hour of it when I just I can't comprehend life at all and I don't know how to form sentences. There was there was literally (laughs) a couple of hours where, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There were a couple of hours we did where I have got no memory of what I said. Oh yeah, when I was listening back to, because uh, I like an absolute burk, I decided to edit the whole twenty-four hour thing down into smaller chunks right. to release later. And um, when I listen back to some of those, I'm like, I can't. I don't remember saying that. Really? <laughs> don't remember telling this story. Output, oh well. Really. Yeah, it's... I can't remember anything after that. <laughs> <laughs> so. For... So for for your shows, for the Luke and Pete show specifically, who who I'm always interested to know who does the editing. Do you share it, or does one of you um, do it, or Peter do you edit edits it? it? I get the feeling you do. Pete, yeah, Pete edits it, and I've got. We sort of share. <laughs> I feel. I feel like are you? Think he's a better editor than me. Okay. Mm-hmm. And most of, and most of the mess laid strewn about after a record is his fault, so he can clear it up. One thing that's um, that's uh, a quite a good sort of side effect of having been doing it for so long. I'm not sure how long you guys have been doing doing broadcasting, but I've been we've been doing it for sort of over ten years now. In fact, I think it's eleven years now. Is that most of our shows, so the football ramble particularly, and on the continent, and the Luke and Pete show, they're all done. They're all recorded as live. So. The edit, ah, okay. so with Pete and I, despite what I've just said to, to, to slag him off, in, in reality, the only things that need to be done <laughs> are to put the, the, the um, just tidy up little bits here and there. I mean, because we, we've got a studio where we um, yeah we play the jingles and the music in, uh, in situ as live, so sometimes it might even just be a case of, of, of topping okay. and tailing it if you need to, and then just putting it straight out. So we try and be as disciplined as we can, um, in the studio itself because it just saves a lot of work for everyone so there isn't sometimes there won't really be any editing to do luckily okay now I think we've been going for about the other podcast that I do Geek Syndicate has been going yeah this year it will be be 11 years we've been going for so probably about the same good for you it's a lot of commitment Um, it's 
Yeah, and it's, it's a it's a weird thing, and I don't know if you found. But I know when we we first started doing it, and then we were going to conventions and stuff, and trying to get interviews with people, and we would say, "Oh, we do a podcast." And they'd be like, "What's a podcast?" And we'd have to spend like you know twenty, you know, yeah. ten minutes. I still have to do explaining that explaining to them work. what a podcast is, and <laughs> well, but now I think it's a very different. I mean, you know, I, was, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, the BBC have announced now they've got like a head of. Uh, they've got like a podcast commissioning editor or something for like the BBC yeah. now and stuff. Yeah. So the landscape is is changed dramatically since we started podcasting now. Um, and now you've got the. I think what happened was you had shows like which I've never listened to it, but is it um a serial podcast? Oh yeah. Um, which got some ridiculous amount of downloads, and now, now all of a sudden everyone's discovering podcasts as like the new thing. You know, and I've I've got people sort of going, "Oh, do you listen to podcasts? Oh, they're really cool." And it's like, I've been doing them for like ten years. I can completely emphasize with everything you've just said there. Yeah, is it? But for me, I have because one of get sort of too reverential about it because people self-reverential because people obviously listen to the podcast now, so it'd be a bit odd. But just very briefly, I feel like as I've learned on the job, as I've as I've sort of done more and more of it i mean it's, it's full time for me now doing broadcasting and broadcasting and stuff really every i think every oh, wow. few minutes you can save it by preparing and by um, being disciplined in the studio itself saves you a lot more time probably double that in terms of editing because it's just so much hassle to decide what you're going to edit out and work out how the show still flows and it's continuity and all that so it really is better for for everyone if you can sort of not have to rely too much on the edits and not be too flabby and stuff that's what i feel about it anyway it's yeah it's difficult i think sometimes it depends i think also as well it depends on the the sort of show because there's there's other podcasts I listen to, which you know, for, run for a couple of hours, and I kind of see why they do. There's others which run for twenty minutes, which work perfectly. Um, I I know when we first started out. I mean, I, our shows tend to be like anything from forty minutes to an hour now. But when we first started, um, we were doing like two hour, two and a half hour podcasts yeah. and sticking them out with really limited editing, if mm. any editing at all. And then, um, because we weren't really getting any feedback from people, but then what I started to do was, um, and I still do it now, and I know a lot of podcasters who don't do it, is that when I record an episode with with Dave and stuff, I'll always edit it, and then I'll listen to it before I put it out. So And and I'll listen to it on the way to work, um, just to get a sense of how it sounds, how it's coming across, if there's anything else I can kind of trim back. and And then... If I need to, I didn't make any extra cuts and stuff. But I find now I, I, I don't do that. I don't need to do that as much because I feel we're relatively tight in what we want to talk mm. about. Yeah, I, feel, I know what you mean, yeah. Stace? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, the, the thing for me is that because I, I stupidly decided to have a podcast where I don't have a regular co-host, like it's me and a guest... Because I have to edit every episode and I can't, I don't have, like, I don't know about you guys, but I find when I'm editing stuff that's just me, I can tell, like, I can tell when I've gone um or ah, like, I can tell from a waveform exactly what that looks like, chop that out before I've even heard it. Um, And I know where all my little, like, stupid talky quirks are that I can just snip out to make it sound like a lot cleaner but I think I've, I've dug myself a bit of a hole with having guest co-hosts every time because I can't get used to their 
speaking patterns and stuff for editing so i find editing takes me a really long time also i'm not very good at it i'm not very technology minded so I'm, it takes me, <laughs> takes me forever well, i also think and this is what i got from listening to um you guys luke was that's why i asked a question um about how long had you two known each other because the first within literally the first three minutes of listening to your show i, I the the I'm a big person for banter. It doesn't even necessarily matter so much what you're talking about. If I if I like the banter between the host, then you've got me. Yeah. Do, you, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've got the banter from you two guys mm-hmm. like straight away. And for me, I've got that sense like you guys had known each other because I think there's a... I know podcasters who they've met online don't necessarily know each other that well. Um, and then they've started to do a podcast. And when you listen to the early stuff... It's a real kind of not quite sure. Am I should I say that? Can I say this to this person? Will he get? Will he? She get offended? I'm not sure. And it's a real working themselves yeah. out type thing. Whereas when you listen to podcasters who kind of they're, they're friends and stuff like that and know each other, it just regardless of the ers and arms or how long it is, it just flows. Yeah, I think the chemistry it just flows really, really well because there is. And, and, and I think one, yeah. of the, one of the rules yeah. that we we impose Definitely. upon ourselves. Um, all the shows that I've been a part of is, um, and I understand this wouldn't be possible for everyone, and obviously for for a project like you're doing right now, it's not it's not possible. But for for our, our stuff, we always imposed a rule that we'd always all be in the same room, um, because that makes it a lot easier mm-hmm. to to keep it flowing, to keep the chemistry good. Now, of course, we we all know each other for quite quite a long time, so maybe that's beneficial anyway. But when you can see someone in front of you, it's a lot easier to broadcast with them. And I also, I'm, yeah. I'm really relaxed about it. Think, it's, yeah, sorry, we, sorry, Marge, I'm just going to finish finish point. That's um, all right, you guys, fine. The, the, um, the arms and the R's and all the sort of imperfections about um, about shows. I, I, I mean, it's, it's horses for courses. I would never, ever even contemplate taking them out. Yeah. I, I just don't. I just don't care enough. I think as long as you're disciplined about it and you're not too flabby and you don't spend hours <laughs> and hours going off on massive tangents. The arms and ours thing—that makes that's what makes it uh, relatable and personable, I think. So I would never take—I would never take those out because, as you, if you guys have used alluded to there, it, it's a massive job anyway. So I'd rather just leave it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I think what you've also said—it makes it, it's horses for courses. So I think it's that kind of knowing what your podcast is, knowing the type of message that you want to get out, and and who's listening. I think that's important is, you know, who's listening and, and what they want out of your podcast. And, you know, it's interesting to sort of say you guys, you know, you always decide to sort of record in the same room and stuff. Now, for what we, for what Dave and I do, because I, I used to live in London, I, that's where I was born and born and raised, but I now live in Northampton. Um, but Dave still lives in London. So we, we can't. Yeah, you know, you know, we just can't. I mean, we do every so often because we we host panels and stuff. So every so often we, we get together, but it's be once or twice a year. Um, and weirdly, the the distance was how the podcast mm. got started. So what had happened was um, I'd moved away. Uh, I, I've known Dave for uh, 30, 30 plus years because we we went to the same school and stuff, and. Um, I'd moved away. We'd lost touch completely. And then um, we started to talk on the phone maybe twice a year. And we'd have these mammoth two-hour conversations, just trying to catch up on everything we'd watched and seen and and just our lives, you know. And um, then Dave discovered podcasts. um, 
and then and then told me about that and said, oh, maybe we could try this whole thing of, you know, we record this thing and we would just sit and talk and people would listen to us. And I was kind of like, this sounds like a... St-. I remember saying it to, telling it to our girlfriends at the time, who we're now both married to, and um, not the same. <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, and uh, my wife, I always remember my wife saying, who the hell is going to listen to you two? And I thought, yeah, who is going to listen to us? But I think that's the beauty of when we started doing it. And certainly for us, when we still do stuff now, it's kind of like we just, it's a conversation between me and my best mate. It's kind of us catching up. And um, I think that's what people like when they listen. It's just the two of us sort of catching up. And the, thing, the fact that we do it um, in two different places, because we've known each other for such a long time, we don't really get the... It, it still flows because we don't get the breaks and stuff because we just we could finish each other's sentences. Sure, no, Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose just because um, we've all with the football ramble, which is where this all started for us. We we always used to. I mean, we I, I just felt probably because when we first started doing it, I wasn't very good, and so I would prefer to get all the help I could, and so we just all agreed that we should be in the same room. I, I do think yeah, definitely. it's a real strength of our show. But I mean, of course, I'm sure there are many, many successful podcasts. Well, I'm, I mean, there are, because you just told me there are, so um, they, they don't have to do that. Maybe those guys are a bit more skillful than me. No, I, I, but in all, in all seriousness, I would, given the, given the option... I would rather be in the same room with Dave mm. recording than in two separate locations. You know, given given sure. the option, that I, 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 if you had to pin me down, I would think I would personally say it's a better way to do it. And I think when when we have recorded together, um, yeah, it, it has you know it has been slightly better. It's been better for us just because we're both in the same room together, so we can we can have a proper catch up and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, I, but I also think I've listened to pod, podcasts which they have done over Skype and stuff, and it's it's worked really well. So I think, as you say, it's 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 horses Definitely. for courses, isn't Definitely. it? Definitely. And so, so Pete and I, we basically go into the studio with um, a load of the emails that listeners have sent in to us, and then the rest of the stuff we just sort of improvise around it. So we'll do an intro bit for ten minutes or whatever. We just work out, we'll talk about what we've done that week, and then we'll have a little. Um, well, the rest of the show really is just it's just listener correspondence, which before to be fair is the best is the best material because people have got funny stories to tell and it's great for us just to be a vehicle for them to be able to do that. So um, that's really what the show is all about. But obviously combined with our yeah. chemistry, which um, hopefully works pretty well, and we think it does. So it's good. Apart from I tell you what, apart from when he yeah, agrees to does. do something like this it and does then doesn't cool. bother, that affect that affects yeah. that affects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, the next like, episode is going to have an icy chill that it, you can just like yeah we love to do stuff in the same room except yeah, when he's in the yeah what a prick I'm telling you that's going to be my takeaway when he asked me on Monday what um how it went and I'll say well Stacey th- said you're a prick <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that for sure <laughs> Well, on, on that delightfully friendly note, <laughs> I think with about it oh, yeah. hit our time. Um, thank you for joining us. Have you got? Am I? I'm really hot. I'm not even drinking, but I've got a real hot face. Don't know what that's about. Is it Pete? Um, <laughs> would you like to tell people where? 
<laughs> Shut up. You can do it on the internet. But, you know, he's let, he's let everyone down. Yeah. And what, what were you going to ask me, sorry? Would you trust him to set up a, yes. a laptop and stuff? I was just going to say, is there, where, would you like to tell people where to find you and the podcast on the internet yeah, so that they, can, uh, that, um, they can have so a listen? So our production company is called Radio Stakhanov, S-T-A-K-H-A-N-O-V, Radio Stakhanov. And, and if you go to radiostakhanov.com um, or type it in the search into iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, you can find Football Ramble, On the Continent, Luke and Pete Show, Berkhamstead Revisited, all those other shows. Um, uh, yeah, so do that. And uh, that'll be great. Thank you very much for letting me plug on what is a charitable day. <laughs> Anytime. That's all right. Thank you for taking the no, time to have a chat me. with us. Best of, best of luck good. for the rest yeah. of the uh, 24 hours. Well, how long have you got left to go? You've got about 13 hours left. You're almost halfway through. <sighs> is that right? Yeah, I can't do maths. No, I, I, was, I was sure when we did this, this before, this someone said that and said, you're about halfway through. And I, there was this whole pause we were trying to like it's turn it up on head going. We're, yes. we're about to hit nine hours. So Nine hours. Okay, so you're yeah. not really halfway yeah. through. You got eight. Yeah, that's not, yeah. not quite halfway. No. <laughs> yeah, thanks. But we're over yeah, a quarter yeah, of the way yeah. through, so you know. Oh, yeah. yeah, cheers, mate. <laughs> 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 Don't blame me. Don't shoot the messenger. Um, thank you so no, much, Luke, for taking the time to come. I hope you um, raise lots of money for charity, and I'll I'll do my bit on Twitter and uh, and retweet all that stuff as well. So hopefully you'll raise a bit bit more cash, and, and it's a great cause. Uh, much you. Pre- brilliant. Much what a noble way mate. to spend much a weekend. That's what I say. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. That's yeah. You that's nothing what, else. On. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We we definitely feel noble at the end. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I had nothing else on me. I was so miffed when I found out when Aven- Avengers was coming out because I was like, shit, that's podcast weekend. Yeah. But then we got it a couple of days early. So it's For fun. me, it was either this or oh, gardening. Really? So. I, I like to gardening. This is but definitely better. The weather's than not very good down in London today. Do you? Oh, do you want to come and do mine? It's a no. fucking state. No. <laughs> no. Yes, I Oh, before you before you go, really quick question because yeah. you mentioned London. I thought you were London. What, what I live part in, of London? Uh, West Norwood. Oh, okay. Where about where about did you used to? Be? That means nothing to me as a non-Londonite. Yeah. Uh, originally, I was okay, um, yeah. Tottenham. I was uh, so our offices, like the, the Football Ramble and Luke and Peach, our headquarters are in Highbury, so not far from there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there not we far go. At all. Nice. Why are you shaking Because every time we do one of these live shows, you end up talking to somebody about London and sometimes even arguing with them about whether the north or the south Barry, is better. <laughs> They're jealous of it as well. Yeah, I am, I hate it. Yeah. I hate it, Joyce. Every time I go there, it's like I'm, I'm right on the edge yeah, of a panic really, attack. I know. The title. I'll, I'll just say this really quickly before we go. Yeah, but like, I, I, so I, I left, I left London a long time ago. As I said, now I live in, in uh, Northampton, and I get less flack for living in Northampton than my other friend gets because he moved to South London. <laughs> yeah, people. Are, so I, I originally lived in, um, I lived in Kilburn, which is obviously northwest, uh, and I didn't really get the South. London, oh yeah, but I have to be honest. Since I moved here, I. Um, I find, and this is going to annoy you, Barry, so apologies in advance, I find that um, 
the community here. Um, it might just That's be my okay. road, my little area, but it's so friendly around here. I'm, I actually prefer it by quite a distance, actually. But um, I like. I enjoy the. I can't. I, I can't say anything to that because. Uh, what what, is, what what zones are North? <laughs> That's zone twelve, isn't it? <laughs> It, uh, do you know what? I think what one of my uh, London mates said to me, when, well, my London mates don't they, don't, they don't actually come and visit me. Oh, do you know what? If you guys are talking they, London, I'm no, no, it's fine. No, I need a No, because I can't. <laughs> yeah, no, my yeah, my London mates, they don't, they generally they they don't they don't come to see me. My my brother came to see me um, two weeks ago. That's the first time he's been to see me in twenty wow, years. How do you feel about it? He was he was all right. I feel like he I feel like if he'd stayed any longer, he might have like you know passed out or something. Yeah, it was some like, it was some like you know he's been out. He's almost like yeah. a fish out of water. I bet he just didn't like the, the fresh air. Yeah, yeah. I don't the 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 story I always tell the first time I came to Northampton and I remember getting on a bus and um, everyone got off the bus and as everyone was getting off the bus, they all thanked the bus driver. Oh. And I was kind of like, what the hell kind yeah. of place have I landed They do in? that where my parents live as well. <laughs> yeah. I was oh, on really? the night bus last night, about two in the morning. There was an absolutely crazy night bus driver. Whatever, you know, you can probably remember this. You know, like, it, it was, it was, I got the bus from Brixton, so it's busy. It's obviously busy 24 hours a day around there. And uh, the bus was, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's like 1.32 in the morning, but yeah. the bus is packed to the rafters. People are standing everywhere on the bus. And the guy is just driving as fast as he can and braking as hard as he can. And people were just piling on the floor and stuff. <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous. And, like, and people were shouting, driver, 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 come on, bro. Hey, driver. Like that. He just didn't care. You know what <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when, when I leave, right, Stacey's giving me the eye now. So she... I did nothing of the sort. Sorry, Stacey, we're having a good time there. You can spend some more time yeah? on if you want. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> sorry. Now, now that I've had my London fix, I'm going to have to go. Oh, look, at, just, just... Look, look at the time. It's time for 10 seconds. I'm just saying my welcome, aren't I? Yeah, and yeah, and I'm, I'm going to get I'm going to get slapped in a minute. So uh, yeah, so, yeah. Thank, thanks again, Luke. No worries, welcome. Thanks for having me. I heard it. I actually heard it. Is that you just clapping? Anyway, I'll let you go. But thanks for having me. She was. I was. It was. Well, it was a. It was a backhand. Harder, but... harsher. That is. Hurts more. Mm. I, I bet you do. Yeah. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much for having me and uh, have a good rest of the time and I hope you guys manage to stay awake and good for you. It's a good thing you're doing and I hope you raise lots of money. Thank you. you. Thanks, Take Luke. care. <laughs> Bye. See ya. Oh, that was good. This has been really good. I, don't, I mean, I was... Uh, oh, Tony's on. He's on and he's here. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, thanks. oh, maybe there'd be a little gap for a donation thing, but... um. 
Um, do you, are you going for a little boys room I am. time? Okay, that's fine. I'm going to call Tony and I'll let him know. I say Tony like we're best mates. Oh, you are, aren't you? And we know what's <laughs> happening. This is the first time I've popped nice and sexy. He looks like you're having a real hard time of it. Do you want to move? Do you want to move this mic at yes. some point? Like if I unplug it, so then you can just drag it off wherever you want to move it to. Freddie Mercury stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You're you're like red and hot and stuff because I'm freezing I've been do you know I, uh, the, the weird thing is is earlier I was thinking about putting the heating on but my face is the hottest thing in the in the world I don't know if it's all the laughing that we've been doing okay um I can put I can put the heating on yeah. um Michael hello hello I have an update on the total he has an update Ooh. I have an update how's it going it's Michael? going pretty well oh good pretty well I think to keep going though we need more people to donate but yes, at please. the moment we are at 63% holy snap that is £630 donated holy <laughs> censored <laughs> <laughs> I like how I just censored myself from swearing when I literally said the word cunt in the one with Luke <laughs> I've just said it again I <laughs> Oh, that's amazing! Thank you so much, guys. Um, if you if you want to donate and you haven't yet, you can go and drop some coins at justgiving.com forward slash spcp live three. How are we doing on Twitter? Is everybody having a good time? Everyone is having a good time. I was in the middle of a, a, a tweet and then oh. this happened, and now I'm confused. But yeah, it's, just, um, <laughs> it's like it's like the last time. There's a really sort of it feels like a community. It, it feels does, like a it? bunch of people just sort of getting together and all chatting about the same thing. And oh. we're talking about moths because of the moths. Because they're fucking nightmares. On. Do you know what upsets me? Okay, I am going to call Townsend in a minute because I don't want to <laughs> leave him hanging. But I have to. I have to get this out. Yeah. The thing that disturbs me the most about moths, Roy, is that. If you hit them, they turn to dust. Yeah. It's like they don't actually exist. No. It's like they're shadow beings. Ghosts. Like, what, where are your innards and your, your working parts? How mm. do you exist as a thing when literally you tap it and it's like... The thing is, if that's what you can see, what can't you see? Are they circling around some sort of thing that's invisible and ghostly? That's true. Yeah. Um, if you'd there like you to put the heating on, you see that little doohickey on top of the fridge? Oh, you see the okay. three buttons down the right-hand side? Yes. You see how the middle one says man? Yes. Press that. There we go. That is the manual pressing of the button. Oh, that's right, I'm going to call Tony now because I'm excited to talk to Tony. I'm scared but excited. <laughs> <laughs> The heating is on, Barry. Is it? I'm Hello. <laughs> what a brilliant Hello. way to say hi. Anybody home? Oh. Hi. So Barry just got back from the little boys' room and put his headphones on to that. Oh, isn't that sweet? Isn't that good? I'm a bit scared now. <laughs> oh, hello, Mr. Coleman. Welcome well, to the I, show. Well, thank you. Isn't this fun? It's ever so fun. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is going to be a long hour. <laughs> In a good way, definitely. I feel like I'm quite glad that I've 
I've been drinking whiskey. Uh, so, so Stacy, who am I talking to? I got you there and uh, somebody else. Sounds like a. Yes, you are talking to me, and my. Oh God! Sounds like a what? <laughs> Finish the sentence. Sounds like a. Yeah. It sounds like a. Well, I was going to say it sounds. <laughs> it sounds like a boy. <laughs> it is a boy. Maybe you yes. are correct. Yes. This is my good friend Barry Nugent, who is podcasting with me for the twenty-four hours, so that I don't go slowly insane Completely on my monitors own. All by your lonesome. That'd be me. That's the plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, a distinct possibility of that since I'm already going a bit mad. <laughs> All right, yeah, so how long have you been? How long have you been broadcasting so far? How are you doing? We've just passed the nine-hour mark, wow. <laughs> so we've still got a ways oh, to go. Mackerel yeah. land. So, uh... <laughs> yes, and then some, and and yeah. then some. Um, so we've been asking everybody who's joined us on the show just to let uh, our lovely listeners at home uh, know who you are. So if you want to give you, yourself a little self-intro blurb, that would be really handy. Right. Well, yeah. Hi, my name is Barry Nugent, and uh, I have no idea what I'm <laughs> doing here or what I do for a living, but I was asked to be here um, by you guys, so I'm here. Okay, so I feel like I'm, I'm having kidding, an out of body. Exp- I'm having an out of body experience now. <laughs> All right. Well, if you absolutely must know, and you certainly paid me enough for the answer, so I'll give it to you. Uh, hi, hi, kids. My <laughs> name is I'm Townsend Coleman, and I am a voice actor, and I uh, do cartoons and uh, network promos and commercials and all kinds of stuff of uh, voiceover related. And I've been doing this for a whole bunch of years, uh, uh, the better part of my life. My goodness. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so um, f- for those that might not mm-hmm. know, uh, uh, Townsend Coleman, um, he, he's the man who I embarrassed myself in front of at a convention because this is the guy that did the voice of Michelangelo in the 80s Ninja Turtles. Yeah. <sighs> oh, that's oh, right. I, com- I completely sorry. forgot I'm about that. You're right. I, I, I did, did that. <laughs> All those years ago. (laughs) Yeah, I think I essentially just walked up and went. (laughs) (sighs) You can't, you can't see Stacey, but she's like, she's. Oh, I'm like a child. She's she's lost her shit now. Yeah, I'm gone. You're gonna have to ask him some questions while I calm down. All right, we'll do that. Thanks for, thanks for um. Yeah, hang out with me today here in the old turtle lair. I got, I got to say, I've gone now. That's that. Is that is <laughs> Don't pretend like talking to Michelangelo isn't the best thing. That's no, ever no, happened. I was trying to say, just like be cool, just be cool. Whatever he says, just be cool. And yeah, it's just it's gone a bit to shit now. Um, yeah, voice acting, great. <laughs> Should have some questions. How about that voice acting? Eh? Yeah, how about that voice acting? It's good, isn't it? <laughs> um, 
I'm going to start with a really easy question. How did you get into voice acting? That would buy, some, that would buy some time. Uh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, well, I have been acting ever since I was a kid, basically. Um, you know, got into it in, in uh, uh, middle school. And, uh, and I got into uh, radio um, back in the uh, mid-70s and was a radio DJ for uh, a decade back in Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, it was during that time that uh, I was doing some characters on the radio. Uh, and I also fell into um, – well, I discovered the world of freelance voiceovers. I was the production director at a couple of the radio stations that I worked at. And so I was voicing all these commercials for free, you know, for nothing for the radio station. When I discovered that uh, there were ad agencies in uh, in the Cleveland area who would hire me uh, apart from the radio station and pay me actual cash money to, um, you know, to voice these spots for them. And I thought, wow, what a what a cool gig. You know, I, I mean, I don't have to carry a tool bag or anything. I just, you know, show up and talk and, you know. <laughs> they pay me. And so and uh, that uh, really kind of turned me on to that. And and uh, and I had grown up um, listening to a lot of uh, old time radio dramas. My dad was really into that stuff. And my dad had been on the radio and uh, and uh, grew up, you know, listening to comedians like, uh, uh, you know, uh, Bill Cosby and and uh, uh, Alan, uh, um, Stan Freeberg and uh, oh, gosh, I'm drawing a blank here. Um, Bob Newhart and, you know, these guys. And uh, and uh, in high school, uh, was a big fan of the Firesign Theater. And so when I got on the radio and uh, was starting to do some characters, uh, I realized that after uh, after 10 years of being on the air and and, uh, uh, you know, working six days a week, that doing the freelance voiceover thing um I was making more money a, a month, a year doing that uh, than I was working six days a week on the radio. And so I finally quit and got into uh, wow. just doing a full-time freelance voiceover work back in Ohio. And then in 1984, decided to move out to L.A., which I did, and never really gave any thought to doing cartoons at all. But um, six months after I got here, I got an audition for a show called Inspector Gadget. And... And so I went on this audition and I thought, well, this is kind of novel and, and sort of fun. Um, so I looked at a picture of the character that they were having me do and, and uh, they gave me some sample lines to read. And I thought, oh, well, this, you know, this, this kind of looks obvious to me what, what this guy would sound like because, you know, he was a, a sort of a chunky kid with big buck teeth and big thick Coke bottle glasses and, uh, you know, rode a, a, a little trike around and called himself Corporal Cape Man. And... Um, and so I did this voice for them, and they laughed and, and liked it and and hired me. And a couple of days later, they booked me on my first uh, recording session. And there I found myself sitting in a studio with Maurice LaMarche. Uh, it was his first um, cartoon series also. And, uh, and then uh, Frank Welker was sitting uh, just to my left. And on my right was Don Adams, the voice of Inspector Gadget. But I grew up watching him on Get Smart as Maxwell Smart. And and so I thought, it was just the four of us in the studio. And I, it, I had so much fun doing this. I thought, wow, I mean, there's, I mean, people actually do this and like make a living at it. 
And so I asked my agents to send me uh, uh, more of those kinds of auditions uh, if they could, and they did. And uh, I just started booking shows. Um, yeah, so that's how I got my start. So do you find that having a background in acting in general helps with the voice acting side? Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's essential. You you know, you, I don't think you can uh, – which is why I call myself a voice actor and, and rather than just a, a, a you know, a voiceover uh, person or artist um, because the acting is essential. Uh, and, and it doesn't matter whether it's animation or uh, – I mean, it doesn't matter what kind of uh, voiceover work you're doing. It's all voice acting. And whether it's commercials or network promos or looping or uh, certainly animation, um, yeah, the acting background is uh, is absolutely essential. Uh, you know, otherwise, uh, I think your stuff just uh, falls flat, and you kind of don't know how to you know really uh, put it out there and and uh, and make it sing. I mean, I, like, I was gonna bring, I'm gonna bring something up, and it's gonna make it sound like I'm going. Oh, I'm a voice actor too, but that's not at all true. I've done one thing once, <laughs> but I, I did, I did find when I, um, I did the voice of a, a villain in a in an audio drama called Raygun and Starburst, and I, I must admit that I found I don't have a particularly big acting background. I wanted to, but I was always too stage frighty, so I never followed it up. Um, but I found that, like, literally acting behind the microphone really helped me to get, you know, a voice performance that was believable as not somebody just reading lines. If oh, it makes sense. perfect sense. And, you know, uh, uh, I mean, on, on that note, if you were to watch a, a cartoon session uh, and watch the actors behind the mics, um, <clears throat> it's, it's really amazing uh, to watch them work because – uh, they don't just sit there and read lines. Uh, I mean, they move and they emote and they uh, use their their hands and their bodies uh, as they get into uh, the action of what's going on. It's, uh, you know, it's not like they just stand there behind the mic or sit there in a chair and, and just uh, open their mouths and, you know, you know, let stuff fall out of their face. And and it's perfect. It's no these these people, you know, really. <laughs> really, really know what they're doing for sure. Um, so, <clears throat> have you done? Uh, see, that's gonna sound like a trait. Have you done much? Uh, have you done any radio drama at all? Because I, I, that's one of the things that's kind of what got me into sort of looking at voice actors and stuff. Because I listen to a fair bit of um, audio dramas. Now. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't do I don't do much of it. I I have done uh, various radio dramas, but there is one um, uh, well known radio drama here in the states uh, that I've been doing for twenty five years, and it's actually a show that's been uh, just celebrated their thirtieth anniversary back in the fall, and it's a show called uh, Adventures in Odyssey, uh, and it's produced uh, it's it's a faith based um, audio drama. Uh, that's been going on all these years and, uh, has just an enormous following, uh, you know, among, uh, faith-based folks, uh, here in the States, perhaps around the world. Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, produced by uh, an outfit here called Focus on the Family. 
but I've been playing a character named uh, uh, Jason Whitaker uh, on that for uh, a quarter of a century now. And uh, it, I mean, it's just it's fantastic. It's, yeah, it's a fantastic wow. radio drama and uh, really, really well written and and uh, phenomenally produced. Um, yeah, otherwise, I guess, it, you know, it wouldn't have been on the air uh, all these years. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, I, I, I love that stuff. Like I said, you know, I, I grew up in, in high school, uh, when I was a, a junior in high school, uh, the big, it, it was back in the early seventies and it probably around, let me see, 70, 71. Um, uh, the fire sign theater, uh, was, was the she's as they say. And they, and the big thing back then, uh, <laughs> among us kids was to, uh, to memorize, uh, what, there was a particular bit that they did called, uh, Nick danger third eye. And the, the big deal back then was to be able to memorize, not only memorize this 20 minute piece, but, but to, you know, be able to do all the voices or at least attempt to do the voices. And, I'm not a an impressionist or a comedian uh, by any stretch of the imagination, um, but I can I can mimic fairly well, and 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 so you know the the challenge uh, was to try and uh, do this whole piece from memory and and do the voices and <clears throat> and uh, so that was a, that, I think that was a huge sort of if you will, training ground, although it wasn't, uh, anything, excuse me, hold on. It wasn't, uh, certainly anything, um, formal. Um, but I think, you know, but I think that it's a lot of that sort of informal training, um, you know, that, that we all get by just, uh, <laughs> by just, you know, making our friends crack up and talking to ourselves. I, you know, I've often, you know, said to folks that uh, said, so, you know, how do you develop, you know, new characters, new voices. And I, and I think it's something that I kind of picked up from my dad and it's a kind of a, kind of a, you know, a, a quirky idiosyncrasy, but, uh, I tend to talk to myself a lot when I'm just by myself. And, uh, and I often find myself just sort of, you know, absentmindedly going off in on these weird tangents in sort of oddball voices sometimes. And, and then, I, and I'll sort of make a mental note and think, well, that would be an interesting character. Um, to kind of keep in mind, uh, you know, for a, a session someday. So I'm going to jump to a biggie, which is the tick. Oh. Indeed. So when you when you've just talked about, uh, you know. <laughs> Now you're gonna just, you, just see. Right through. Yeah, and anytime it's Michelangelo, I'm gonna lose it. Yeah. Whenever it's Tick, Barry's gone. Because the Tick, I just, I, I, I absolutely loved that that cartoon. It was just, it was just such a brilliant cartoon. Um, but when you talked about, you know, trying to come up with voices and stuff, how did you, how did you come up with that voice? Evil is afoot. Teen, teen. I am the Tick. <laughs> Well, there you go. <laughs> that's that's my that's my big blue uh, sixteen inch talking talking tick uh, action figure. Um, you know the 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 the, the, the you see I can amuse myself when I'd sit here in my studio all by myself. I just I'd pick up the tick and push the button on his back. Um, I uh, the yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you what, would. <laughs> here, push the button on my back. Um. So yeah. So. Dean. <laughs> so, Ooh, gross. Spoon. I am the tick. Uh. Yeah. So. Keep pushing. Yeah, keep pushing. There you go. Ah, oh, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, right there. Yes. Push one more time. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Um, so, so the... I've got nothing. So the tick came largely... Uh, no pun intended. To... Um, uh, from from a couple of different uh, of voices that I, you know, grew up listening to, and one was this this uh, very bit from the Firesign Theater that I'm talking about, uh, Nick Danger, Third Eye, uh, Phil Austin, uh, one of the four uh, illustrious members of Firesign Theater, um, did a character called Nick Danger, and uh, and he was he was a gumshoe, a, a private eye. Um, and uh, there was just there was it was just such a great character, and so it was sort of um, it sort of started there, and then and then had elements uh, of uh, Ted Baxter, Ted Knight on the Mary Tyler Moore Show, a show that was on the air uh, here for years in in the states, um, and Ted Ted uh, Ted Baxter was uh, was a it was a he was a character he was a newsman and he was. Always very officious and oh gee, bear, you know, and he, he just had this way of being so so self-important and yet and yet completely stupid at the same time, and that was just hilarious. <laughs> and uh, and then also there was a bit of Gary Owens thrown in there, um, you know, and and uh, you know a bit of my own um, kind of you know sense of humor and sensibilities and. And uh, and and so that's largely, you know, um, where it came from. You know, it's it's an amalgamation. I think, you know, whenever we come up with these characters, first of all, you know, you look at what the character looks like, and you know, you take the de description from the writers and the creators of the character, and and what they have in mind for it, because uh, sometimes it's a, you know, it's, it goes completely against type. You know, it's not it's not necessarily what you think a character would sound like just by looking at him, but in this case. I thought, you know, that he's a seven foot tall, 400 pound blue superhero who's supposed to be guileless and and simple minded <laughs> and um, and just has, a you know, a heart as you know, big as the world and and just wants to fight evil wherever he finds it. And so and so it just, you know, I started pulling together these these various uh you know characters that I had grown up listening to and 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 watching and and kind of it was my own amalgamation of of those things. I think that when we when we do characters, very often it's based on you know so, some it's a, a character that somebody else had done or several people had done, and you you know you sort of take a little element of this and a little element of that and you marry them together and and you know hopefully come up with your own thing. And uh, yeah, and so basically that was the that was the genesis of uh, of Tick. Ooh, genesis, keen word. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I think I think for me one of the, the great things about the Tick Cartoon and obviously the voice that you provided is the fact that since the cartoon ended we've had now two um we had one sort of TV show it was a, it was a Tick TV show and now we've got a show on Netflix not yeah. Netflix on Amazon Amazon uh, right. Prime Amazon Video and what is really interesting is that both of the interpretations have pretty much just followed what you what you did in terms of obviously the you know the tick itself himself looks the same but the the voice the, mm. the mannerism all comes from that voice that you've done um where which is quite unique because i think a lot of other shows and stuff where they've reinvented characters they've tended to change that part of it you know so i think it just goes to show what an amazing job you did with with that that character which for me just was just well, awesome that's what I wanted to say. Well, awesome. well, Barry, thanks. I really appreciate you saying that. I, you know, I, I have to say though that that, um, you know, that really all goes to the brilliance of uh, Ben Edlund, the the gent who uh, created the character and yes. and wrote, you know, you know, most of those uh, original episodes on our animated series back in the mid nineties, and and uh, you know, and so mm. I, I mean. I, Listen, I can come up I can come up with a voice, but if I didn't have, you know, those brilliant words to read and those brilliant scripts to to follow, um the character would have wouldn't have gone anywhere. I mean, it it really it really all starts with the writing. And, you know, obviously the the character has a a, a unique look to begin with. Um so visually, you know, you're faced with, you know, this sort of hulking um, figure that you quite you're not quite sure what he's going to sound like until you until you read these scripts and when I first started reading these scripts that really is so much of what informed for me what I I thought the tick ought to sound like because you know because they were just they were so well written and 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 just so hilarious uh, that that it didn't really take much on my part to to bring it alive, I, I kind of want to say almost the, the the less I did, uh, the more it allowed um, Ben's work to really, you know, uh, come alive. And I think that that is what continues, it's, which is, you know, why these these um, other uh, iterations of The Tick have worked so well. Now, the first live action series, I think, didn't go beyond uh, nine or ten episodes Um or whatever, I, I think maybe it was perhaps a little ahead of its time. But this, uh, the current one on Amazon Prime, I just think is brilliant. It's, it, it's, it has. I remember seeing the pilot of it uh, a year and a half ago, and and thinking, wow, this has so much of the flavor of the the cartoon series, um, and the same sort of sense yeah. of humor, I mean, you know, which would make perfect sense because it's Ben Edlund. Uh, but they've they've been able to capture it in in a live action way, uh, which I wasn't sure was was, you know, going to be really possible. It's like, how, how do you how do you translate something that was animated? It's one thing to take something live action and then animate it um, and do a, an animated version of it. But but to take something that's animated originally uh, and and becomes uh, you know uh, uh, a bit popular you know with a certain <laughs> a certain audience um, and then try and do a live action version of that mm -hmm. uh, especially a superhero like that 
um, I would think would be really tough. I wasn't sure how well it was going to work. But when I saw that pilot of this uh, new series, I was uh, I was stunned at at how how great uh, I thought it was and, and how um, how well they did it and how well it translated. Yeah, I remember when because um, I watched the pilot when it was you know when they did that little pilot series so there was like four shows I think yeah um and I watched the pilot then and I, I was a little bit unsure because I was like uh it doesn't feel like my tick mm-hmm. um but having watched the two halves of the season that they've now released have you watched any of it Barry? I have watched all of it okay um I was absolutely blown away by how great it was first of all it was great to hear Townsend uh, to hear you popping up in the show again. Uh, as the voice of me thanks yeah um but what i loved about it is the show really focuses a lot more on Arthur. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and griffin newman is an absolutely perfect he? Arthur. yeah yeah he, he, so he's, he's he sure is yeah he's so good i am um, i might be a little bit in love with the two, <laughs> to be fair. Like, not like in love as in i want to marry the guy but i just think uh, he's probably one of the closest to like one of the oh yes because your so, sense of humor is so. Now so the truth comes out. Now, mind. now we're getting to the bottom of it, Stacey. Yeah, I get yeah. it now. Okay. <laughs> so you're not just you're not Basically, just into. What I'm saying is, will you marry me? You're not just Coleman? into green. You're into blue as well. Yeah. Well, very nice. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's good to know things up front. <laughs> That's right. No, to be fair, to be fair, if it was if it was a choice between the turtles and the tick, it would always be the turtles. I'm sorry, okay. I'm very sorry, tick, but it's always going to be the turtles. Um, I have like because I am um, when I met Tony, it was at the auto assembly convention in uh, 2014. Mm-hmm. I want to say she says, um, and I went to your um little chatty speech thing, um. And I think it's probably worth telling other people, as in our listeners. Um, but you told a really good story about um, how you got onto the turtles and how you weren't originally supposed to be Michelangelo. Yeah, right. Um, I was uh, do- I was doing a show at the time called uh, Fraggle Rock, uh, which was a Jim Henson uh, a Muppet-based uh, show here in the states, um, uh, a live-action uh, Muppet puppet show, and. Uh, and NBC was doing a, an animated version of it, uh, and and uh, there's there's an example of where they take something that was originally live action and do an animated version of it. And so uh, they were looking for voice matches for the original actors on this because we were told for some reason that the original actors um, didn't have any interest in doing the animated version of it. So they were casting this thing, and I got the part of uh, – well, several parts, but the part of uh, Gobo – on this show and uh, so was recording that and the the voice director on that show uh, a gentleman named uh, Stu Rosen uh, came into one of the recording sessions one day and opened up his briefcase and says you guys aren't going to believe what I'm going to be casting and directing next and he um, pulls out an issue of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one of the comic books well I'd never heard of it before I wasn't really a, a comic book fan uh, myself or a collector or anything. So, so it was new to me, but it was a new to most of us on the cast. I think there might've been, uh, you know, one, one or two people uh, in there who had heard of it. Um, but we sort of collectively gasped and, and, and rolled our eyes and thought, well, 
you know, good luck with that. <laughs> you know, it's it doesn't look like it was just a, it seemed at the time a little too out there. Uh, and, you know, and so and, and he said, but I'll bring I'll bring you guys in uh, to audition and, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. Well, he did bring us in. And uh, Rob Paulson was uh, working on Fraggle Rock uh, also. And uh, so Stu brought us in and Robbie and I were both cast in the show. And when when they cast the show, um, well, when we auditioned for it, uh, I think I think most of us auditioned for who were auditioning for the Turtles themselves read for uh, all four turtles. I know I did. I, I'm, I'm sure Rob did. And um not sure about uh, Barry. <laughs> I think they might have Barry in mind for Donatello sort of right from the start. But um but uh yeah, but we both were, were cast in the show and, and Rob was cast as Raphael. Barry was cast as Donatello. And then when it came to me and Cam, we both were cast, but they hadn't decided which one of us uh, was going to do Leonardo and which was going to do Michelangelo. And, and so they said, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know at the first recording session. So we were just thrilled to, you know, have a new job, uh, you know, having obviously at that time, no, no <laughs> idea whatsoever uh, where this show would end up going um, or what, you know, the franchise would become. But uh, we showed up at that first session uh, in Burbank at uh, a little recording session. In fact, it was the same studio that I did uh, uh, Inspector Gadget in. Uh, it's a, a, a little uh, at the time. Uh, my recollection was sort of a kind of a I don't want to say a hole in the wall studio, but it was a a, a little studio on Magnolia in Burbank um, <laughs> called B and B Sound, and and uh, it's no longer there, but. Um, we uh, we showed up at that first uh, turtle session, and they they uh, you know said so. Rob, you're Raphael, Barry, you're Donatello, and uh, uh, Towney and Cam will just uh, do a read through first. Have one of you take. Uh, we'll just you know assign parts, and then we'll do another read through afterwards and switch you to, and then make a decision after that. You know which which of you is going to play which character. Uh, for the duration. So, so Stu, uh, said, uh, Tony, why don't you do Michelangelo first? Uh, Cam, you do Leonardo and then, uh, we'll do that first read through and then switch. So we did that and we did our first read through, which they record, of course. And, uh, at the end of that, um, and, and I, and I've, I've told this story so many times before, and, and I've never been able to find out kind of what was going on. But there was clearly something going on uh, in the control room that was that was I mean, my sense at the time was that it was a bit contentious. There were, I guess, some disagreements about something and we were never privy to what was going on. But it became clear to us that 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 we, the voice actors, were sort of the least of their worries at, at that point. And so. When we launched into the second read through, um, they were clearly, you know, talking about other stuff. And and uh, and so I said to Stu, do you, you know, do you want me and Cam to to switch? And he said, no, 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 no. We'll worry about that later. Just keep it the way it is right now. It's it was as if they didn't want to rock the boat. They just wanted to just get through it. And so 
And so we, I just stayed Michelangelo uh, for that second read through. Cam stayed Leonardo, and uh, and they never tried it the other way. So Cam never got a crack at Michelangelo, and I never got a crack at Leonardo. And uh, <laughs> that's just that. I mean, that's the way it stayed, and and uh, we never switched. And so I'm still Michelangelo, dude. All right, <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to. I, I wanted to be. Able, I wanted to be able to say. I was, I was about to start. Whoa, we've got to do something. <laughs> it always seemed to be Leonardo's kind of <laughs> go-to for. Come on, guys, we've got to do. So, we've got to think of something. <laughs> When he's the leader, he should really be coming up with the plans. Right. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, because I didn't want to have to um, think so hard. I was, was going to ask how you, uh, how you felt about Rob Paulson. <laughs> um, I was going to ask how you feel about Rob Paulson getting invited down to um, the 2012 show, and whether you think he's purposefully involving himself in the new 2018 show so that he can like off the other two guys and claim all four tails. Oh, well, I think that's exactly what's happening. I think uh, I think I think it started with Pinky in the Brain when <laughs> when they they had plans to take over the world and and then I think Rob just simply took that and said, "If I can do that with Pinky in the Brain, I'm I can take over the world there with Maurice LaMarche. I'm going to do it all by myself with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and I'm going to take over the world and I'm going to be all four turtles and I'm going to be Shredder and I'm going to be April and I'm going to be <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually kind of <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Um, no, when when I heard that uh, they were doing uh, an because you know they did a bunch of series after our original series, and uh, so when Nickelodeon bought the franchise or the rights to the franchise, uh, yeah, I um, heard that Robbie uh, uh, auditioned for that and and uh, and uh, uh, got the part of Donatello on that. And uh, I actually auditioned for it. I auditioned for Raphael on that. And it was a it w it, I happened to be auditioning on a day. And this is going to sound like a bad actor excuse, but it was perhaps one of the worst days of my life, just sort of in my in my personal realm. And uh, I had to I had to go audition um, oh, no. for this uh, feeling um, just really just struggling uh, with stuff internally. And not being able to be fully present at this audition, and that is not the way you want to go into an audition as an actor. Uh, I mean, you got to be able to go in unencumbered and feeling, mm. you know, free and open and and good and confident. And I just didn't. And uh, and it was a it was a I got to just say it was a bad day all around. And um, so obviously I didn't you know I didn't get the part. Um, and uh, and a good thing you know Sean Aston. Uh, deservedly so, you know, made a great, great Raphael and, um, you know, was, uh, was such a dynamic addition uh, to that series, you know? So, uh, you know, listen, I, even though it was a bad day for me and I would have loved to have gotten a, a, a part on that, um, it wasn't meant to be. And, you know, I'm a firm believer that, you know, things happen for a reason and happen the way they're supposed to. And I wasn't supposed to be on that show. Uh, but you know what? It, it, we got a chance to, uh, you know, they, the uh, Cyrano and and uh, Brandon Alma and these guys were such 
big fans of our original series um, that God bless them. You know, they brought us, they wrote these episodes, these crossover episodes where they brought us for original turtles back uh, to be in a couple episodes uh, toward the end of the series. And it was such a blast to do. And it was such a, a trip to, to watch Robbie do his original Raphael and his new Donatello uh, in the same episode, and especially in a scene where he gets to talk to himself. Um, you know, and they, they wrote it in such a way so that it was, you know, <laughs> it, it was hilarious and even, you know, made reference to the fact that they, you know, both sounded really similar. <laughs> you know, so it's, listen, I, I, I have just <laughs> nothing but, uh, you know, but uh, praise for those guys and, uh, and, a, and a thankful a thankful um, uh, heart for just having, you know, been a, an integral part of this franchise from the beginning. Um, it's It's been very, very cool. Uh, listen, they're doing another new series that Rob is directing, of course, and which I think is a, a very cool thing. You know, as as we, we it's it makes perfect sense. First of all, he deserves to do it. He, he belongs doing that. He has a head for that kind of thing. Um and, um, but you know, as it's just life as we all sort of get up there in age and, you know, we're no longer teenage mutant ninja turtles, you know, we're all, you know, beyond middle age <laughs> mutant ninja turtles now. <laughs> and, you know, you got to start figuring out, you know, sort of what, what is your next step? What's your next, what's your next chapter going to look like? Uh, you know, I'm not going to, I'm probably not going to continue you know, doing the kind of voice work that I've done for so many years for the rest of my life. And, and we're all in a situation where we're, you know, trying to think, okay, well, what else can we do? What would be a natural extension uh, of what I've done and what my talents are and what my desires are and dreams are? Um, how can I, you know, sort of best manifest those in, in this sort of next chapter of my life? And that's exactly what Robbie's doing. Um, you know, he had uh, the great blessing of Andrea Romano, you know, who he's been uh, great friends with. We've all been great friends with, you know, her for, you know, 30 plus years. And um, and he is the perfect, perfect guy uh, sort of to take the reins and, and uh, you know, grab the baton from from Andrea and to carry on with the Ninja Turtle franchise. I just think it's such a great story. Yeah, me too. I mean, it must be such a such an amazing feeling to be part of such a, I mean, so many massive franchises. Because obviously, you were involved with the Transformers as well. Um, I mean, how do, <laughs> how do you feel about being involved in in things that mean so much to so many people? I I would imagine it's quite Stacy. Uh, uh, let let me tell you honestly, I this is not something I ever anticipated when I fell into cartoons back in 1985 with Inspector Gadget. Uh, it was a fun, creative, um, unusual, uh, quirky gig, you know? And when we've, you know, we're, but, but, but that's what it was. It was a gig. It, it, it wasn't anything back in those days that we thought would have any sort of or at least I can't speak for everybody else. I speak for myself. It wasn't anything that I thought, you know, would have any sort of lasting impact on anybody. I mean, these were I grew up watching cartoons, you know, and, you know, loved Yogi Bear and Huckleberry Hound and and uh, the Jetsons. And, you know, but these weren't these weren't shows that that saved my life. They were 
they were shows that were just, you know, entertainment for a, a seven-year-old, uh, you know, which I was back when, you know, and 10 years old when I watched these shows. Um, so I never had any illusions that that our work on on any of these shows would be any different than that. It was it was and I don't I don't mean to minimize it by saying this, but it was it was just a gig. It was just another it was a job. It was just another job. So and a great job. Don't get me wrong. But 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 that was it, you know, and and it wasn't until years later. And I really have to say the the pretty much the Internet era. You know, when the Internet was, you know, was coming on so strong in the mid 90s and and early 2000s. And, you know, we started realizing that, wow, there's a lot this a lot bigger thing than than we realized. Now, we knew at the time, you know, several years into doing the show. So certainly by, you know, 1990, uh, that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a phenomenon. I mean, worldwide, it was it was a big, big deal. And we knew that. But we didn't what we didn't know or what I didn't know was any of the any of the personal stories, the personal impact that the show was having on so many kids. And and really, largely, it's because of the, the Internet era and also really the Comic-Con era. You know, where we've gotten to meet so many of these fans uh, over the years that we never had an opportunity to do um, in any sort of organized fashion before that. Um, It wasn't until I started to meet the fans and hear their stories uh, firsthand um, that I realized, holy cow, I mean, this has really affected a lot of kids in a really profoundly positive way, uh, way more than I ever, 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 ever could have imagined. And, and yes, when you say use the word daunting, it, it is, it, it is daunting. It's a, but more than that, it's humbling. I, I mean, really, honestly, it's, you just go, I was just reading words on a page. I, you know, I was just having fun in a studio with my buddies. It, this isn't anything I ever expected, you know, would, would, have any sort of further impact in a personal way on kids' lives. And yet I'd hear these stories about how, yeah, you know, my parents are going through a breakup and, and, you know, watching, you know, Ninja Turtles and, and hearing Mikey's, you know, laugh or his, you know, constantly upbeat, positive attitude is what saved me, you know, during those horrible dark years of my parents' divorce. You know, you, or, or, or I had an illness and you got me through this, or I, you know, my, my brother died and, you know, I was able to, whatever these stories, I've heard countless ones over the years and every single one is unique and special and, and, um, again, it was really, really humbling. Um, you know, I, I won't go into it, but we did this really wonderful, uh, signing we had to, uh, sort of a little mini reunion of uh, most of the voice cast. Obviously, James Avery couldn't make it, you know, because he was um, he's still dead. Um, but, I'm so sorry, I don't mean light, make light of that because we 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 miss him like crazy. But but uh, yeah. but but they had not only the the four um, of us original turtles together, but also. Um, uh, 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 Renee uh, Jacobs, uh, April O'Neill, uh, Pete Renaday, a uh, Splinter, and Pat Fraley, who was Krang. Um, 
together for a, uh, a signing a couple of weekends ago. And there was a, a, uh, a young man who, and you know, it's funny, I, I still call them kids because to me, they're still kids in my head, even though they're now, you know, 35 years old. Um, but they, you know, there were, there were seven and eight and nine when they were so impacted by, by our, our show originally. And, and this young man, he came up and he told me uh, just uh, a, an amazing story of, of that, that was very touching of, of his background and how he struggled and how the Ninja Turtles and watching the show and, uh, and he still watches it, um, brought him out of a very dark place in his life. And not only did it turn him around, but now he counsels and uh, deals with and helps uh, other uh, young folks who are dealing with the same sort of thing that he did back then. And as he's telling me this story, and I, I honestly, I mean, it brought me to tears and I just gave this guy a hug. And I was thinking at the moment, I just can't believe that, that I have had the privilege of being in this situation. So, so yeah, I mean, that's sort of a long way around, you know, saying it, it is a little daunting sometimes, but more than anything, it's, it's a privilege and it's humbling and it's one of the most, you know, joyous uh, things I've ever gotten to do in my life. Um, so it's, it's been a super blessing. Yeah. You know, being a, being a part of uh, anything that becomes, uh, iconic, um, is pretty amazing. You know, I mean, I've, I've been very fortunate to, to have been a part of a number of things that have become iconic, if you will, uh, depending upon the audience that you're talking about, you know, Stacy, for instance, I met you at, at, um, auto assembly, you know, which a big, the big transformers convention in Europe. And, uh, they brought me over twice for that. And, I had the privilege of being on uh, the original Transformers in a, a little part, a uh, character called Rewind, but then in Transformers Animated as, as Sentinel Prime. Um, Transformers, and, and, an iconic um, uh, franchise, if you will, in its own right. Ninja Turtles, certainly. Uh, the Tick. Uh, I'm always amazed at the, at the popularity that that character and that that uh, show and that that franchise still has with so many, uh, so many folks who discovered it, you know, in like high school or college and it became their, you know, Saturday morning must see TV. Uh, a, a, another franchise there. Um, we have a network over here. Uh, one of the three original major networks, uh, NBC, um, is actually where my parents met working in 1951 in New York at 30 Rock. And, and so I, I just, you know, out of a, a fluky circumstance, uh, became the comedy voice of NBC, uh, in 1993, the same week that I got the tick, which is so bizarre to me in August of 1990. Yeah. August of 1993. And, um, and so I started doing, uh, voicing the comedy promos for a, a uh, what became an iconic um, uh, marketing campaign called Must See TV uh, here in the States. And I voiced those promos, those comedy promos, uh, and the late night promos for uh, The Tonight Show with Jay Leno for 16 years. 
you know, so to be a part of that franchise and 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 uh, something as iconic as must see TV and to look at the 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 peacock logo of NBC and know that I was associated, you know, with that uh, for, I think, longer than any um, freelance uh, promo announcer for NBC, uh, you know, not talking about the staff announcers like Don Pardo and guys who were there for 40 and 50 plus years. Um, but, you know, to be to be a part of that franchise was amazing. You know, you look at the little red seven up spot, uh, you know, that was, you know, pretty iconic in its own right. You know, during those years that it was so popular, you know, you you see that and you know exactly what that character is and you know exactly, you know, that it, it, it was for seven up. To, to be the voice of spot, you know, so it's, it's such a crazy thing for me to look back and go, man, I was just a kid in Cleveland, you know, growing up, you know, wanting, wanting to be an actor of some sort. And, <laughs> you know, here I can, you know, look back and just, you know, put a, put a picture of the tick or a picture of Michelangelo or a picture of the, you know, NBC Peacock or a picture of spot or, a you know, a picture of the Transformers logo and go, yeah, you know what? I was really intimately associated with each of these things and i've just been super blessed to to be able to have done that you know so yeah there's that <laughs> wow <laughs> i don't think we can follow that with a question can we i don't i don't think so i mean i was just going to say when you were talking about um not really realizing your, the impact of what you were doing on people's lives that um a couple of years ago i did an interview with rob paulson and I, and I told him this story as well that when i was younger i was uh picture this if you will i didn't hit my growth spurt until i was 15 so until that point i was short and fat and had braces and i was a t i was very good at school and i and i was a bit quiet and bookish right so i was basically what you would consider to be a bully's <laughs> okay we would call that a nerd <laughs> um, i got pretty relentlessly bullied by yeah yeah nerd that was me um, <laughs> and, um and so things like the ninja turtles and stuff that could make me step outside of my own life and just genuinely laugh at things um which is why, like, Donatello and, and Michelangelo were always my favourite characters because Raph was too angsty. And <laughs> <was> too <laughs> Sorry, Leo. Um, <laughs> because uh, because Donnie, you see, is the smart one, but he's yeah. still an absolute badass. Right. And I was like, see, you can right, be smart right, right. badass. Like, I, can, I can one day make, I don't know, gadgets out of a toilet roll tube and some leftover sewage, I guess. <laughs> and Mikey's just always right. so happy <laughs> that it's just, yeah, I think... What I would absolutely love, and I've, I've got no means to do it whatsoever, but one day I will make this happen, is to have a voice acting convention in the UK because we don't get to meet voice actors very often. We, we tend to meet, we have a lot of like comic cons and then a lot of like film cons film and tv cons but we don't get a lot of voice actors yeah. whereas that's like you know these are the people that were like the voices of my childhood and kept me from just like sitting around crying all the time yeah <laughs> well yeah well you know what stacy yeah, really, yeah because I, I know for me um oh sorry all i was going to say was stacy what you might want to do is uh, talk to a gal named uh -huh. rachel naylor at the voiceover network uh there uh in london um oh Mm-hmm. 
I shall definitely make a note of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm curious. I'm, I'm just what, realising that it's we're well, coming up on our. I'm curious own. what Barry was about to say. Yes, go on. Um, yeah, I was about. To, I've I've always been um, a massive fan of animation um, uh, since I was a kid, and I think sometimes you know how I look now when I do a podcast and stuff like that. I think people necess- might make the mistake of looking at me and, and might think that you know I I wasn't bullied or anything like that, but I I wasn't I wasn't a different way mm-hmm. um, in the fact that growing up in, in my house and it's it's not being horrible to my brothers or anything like that. I mean yes they they were like they were like any typical brothers. There were there were times when they were mean or rest of it and vice versa, but it was the fact that because they were all very sporty, very you know gregarious out there. I just, I just never ever felt like I yep. really fit yep. in, mm-hmm. and because I was always sitting writing stories on my own, or I was drawing or whatever, I, I never really felt like I fitted in. And for me, it was um, films and stuff came a little bit later to a certain extent where I really got into films. But to begin with, it was um, like comics like Tintin and stuff. But also, it yeah. was the animated right. stuff, you know. Um, the '90s X Men was a big one for me. Yeah, '90s X Men and and. Um, and, and shows like Tick, and I think for me, what I loved about the Tick was it was something that was just different. <laughs> right. It was something that was just so different. It was something that I hadn't seen before. That I, I, I just, I really just, it was. I just really gravitated to it because um, my my best friend uh, Dave, who I did the other podcast with, he also loved the Tick. We, it was something that we could talk about together and stuff like that. And it was, um, and I used to watch the, you know, I used to watch the Turtles cartoon like way back in the day, and it was funny because I was sitting here. And thinking, well, you know, Stacey's going to have her bit and she can enjoy, you know, the turtles and stuff like that. But the more, the minute you did, Mikey, I literally had a flashback to being a kid <laughs> and, and sitting watching the turtles. Um, you know, much more so than in, in later when the film came out and stuff like that. Yeah, so it was... And I think Stacey's right. I think we, we should have more stuff like that because there's so much animated stuff that I love this kid, like Batman animated series and... The Superman animated series and all that sort of and X Men, where it was the animation was was great, but it was those voices that brings it to you know that that brought those characters yeah. to life. And obviously, as, well, you, as you said, the writing. You know. I was going to say I don't mean to be rude to the turtles, but the animation wasn't great. Well, it, <laughs> there there would often be times when the wrong turtle right. was talking from stuff, but but it was it like you say, it's the writing and the performances yep. that made that show. It was it yep. was just. Ugh. Ludicrous. I could talk about the turtles all day. We should probably uh, shut up. <laughs> On that note, do you have any um, upcoming projects or anything that you want to plug before we uh, send you on your memory? Um, no, I, I really don't. You know, I'm, I just um, continue to do my um, regular uh, promo work. You know, I don't really do that much animation anymore. Last show I, I did was. Uh, for a, a um, Cartoon Network, a show called Mighty Magiswords, and uh, a young man named Kyle Carosa who uh, created that. And uh, again, one of the brilliant young uh, animation minds of our day. Um, so that's uh, kind of really that. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I voiced the daily promos for a show here in the States called Live with Kelly and Ryan. And that's, you know, that's my regular daily job. And um so, but I don't have any big, um, you know, projects coming up. No, you know, I'm not starring in any um, major motion pictures or any, anything like that. So, yeah. So no, I'm just, I'm just a, 
I'm a I'm a happy uh, you know happy voice actor. Just uh, thankful to still be working at my age in this town in this business. Yes, sirree. Thanks. Oh well, th thank you so much for taking some time to uh, to join us. I will say before we go that um, Peter Spellers. Oh, says Pete! Yes, my yeah, buddy is, is he? I know he's was going over there uh, soon, or maybe he was just there. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Peter, another Transformers uh, uh, brethren. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, thank you again so uh, much. Stacey Berry, us. it's been great. Thank it's you. An and, and good luck. Yes, thank you. Uh, I'm glad we got through hour number 10, or was this nine? Um, but at any rate, um, I wish you well on, on the way to 24. And um, I will simply say, whoa, dudes, you are both. Most bodacious cowabunga and spoon. <laughs> That's made my entire Perfect. life. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye. Right. Oh, what a dude. One absolute dude. Mm, I wonder if it's worth uh, closing Skype again and starting because we're getting. I, th a... I think it might be getting yeah. a little bit of a little bit of the old lag. Um, I I need another wee. I've I seem to have oh, broken on, the seal. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, do you want to do while we're waiting for Skype to uh, do whatever it's doing? Do you want to have a quick? look at the old donation page and yeah. see if we've uh yeah we'll do. so for those who are just tuning in uh the the donation link is justgiving.com forward slash spcp live three uh we are raising funds today for the british heart foundation um because they do amazing work into research into heart conditions and um, education for those uh with heart conditions or for people caring for people with heart conditions um, and they also do a lot of lobby lobbying of the government too um in terms of uh trying to change legislations around treatments and all that sort of thing so they are doing very good work and so um, we are what was the um what was the last percentage we were at 63 so the last percentage was at 63 yeah we have jumped by 10 percent we, no way! We are now at 73%. Holy with, mother uh, of pearl. £730 in the kitty. <laughs> that is absolutely amazing. <laughs> God, I am. The, holy crap. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, I want to take a moment to um, uh, say a few thanks. Mm -hmm. um, so, Mark Cartmel, Nick Dewsbury, Joe Ellis, Joseph Kelly. Is Hi, Sarah Restrop. Hi, Sarah. Sarah Millman. Hi, Sarah. See you later. Um, did you do oh, they're the only ones that I've, I've popped up. Oh, show more. Uh, show more. Dave Walker. Um, Cheryl Graham. Brian Williams. Um, Holy crap, Brian. Ball, Anonymous. Uh, Keith Bluefield. Keith Bluefield. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I like how he's the one who put in the 99 pence. Yeah, Thanks for Steve that, Lacey, <laughs> uh, Danny Abram. 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 Uh, <laughs> Sarah Terra. Yes, yeah, so thank you. Yeah. 
Um, and obviously, as we mentioned earlier in the day, thank you all. I mean, this is, a, yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's ludicrous. We're not even halfway through and we're almost three quarters of the way to our target. So, no, what I'm saying by that is we absolutely 100% need to kick that target in the bollocks. Yes. Send it sky flipping high, yes. folks. So, uh, please, please keep donating. Um, I'm happy to do any kind of request for war money that don't involve breaking the law. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty um, so, wide it's a pretty wide okay. remit that is I mean I was thinking about promising people that we'd do like a big rousing song at the very end of the episode but I haven't quite decided on a song mm. um, and also I don't know if people want to pay us to do that or to stop us from doing that <laughs> well, do you know, whichever, whichever way is going to raise money well, that is very true yeah is, either, is either way, way we get doshed so um, so yeah 